Hi, DOF listeners. I wanted to give you a quick update. Kelly Cooper's book is Lead the Change, The Competitive Advantage of Gender Diversity and Inclusion, and it's available at bookstores big and small. And on Kelly's website, www.centerforsocialintelligence.ca, remember center is C-E-N-T-R-E because Canadian, is the spot where you will find Kelly's new online seminars. And those are available starting in March 2022. So please go check it out. I am very excited to see them, and I hope you are too. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to Season 2 of Determine Our Future with host Lonnie Parker-Pierce. Let's talk about our past and determine our future together. This episode was pretty tough for me to get through. Please stop listening if this episode is upsetting you at any time. That is not what I mean to do. I'm really trying to balance between telling all of the truths that we know while trying not to upset my listeners or cause them anguish. The reason I'm trying to tell as many truths as possible is because silence and cover-ups, as you will hear, is what caused Nasser to continue his behavior for so long in the first place. And although the title of this episode points to the FBI's delays, they are not the only organization to blame, as we will find out in this episode. We all know what Larry Nasser did in his 38-year career for USA Gymnastics, or USAG, while sexually abusing hundreds of young girls and women, one as young as six years old. USAG allegedly covered up Nasser's behavior. We'll hear about Steve Penny, the president of USAG at the time, and his alleged actions as he awaits trial in 2022. The FBI delayed their investigation into Nasser, and we don't have to say allegedly here because there is a Department of Justice investigation and report to prove it. Nasser also worked for Michigan State University, where there is evidence of a cover-up for his actions there. MSU was forced to settle lawsuits and pay a fine to the U.S. Department of Education for that institution's involvement in the cover-up of Nasser's crimes. How did so many organizations— USA Gymnastics, U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, the FBI offices in both Indianapolis and Los Angeles, Michigan State University. How did they all get this wrong? Understanding that is a big job. And as tough as this episode was for me to research and talk about, let's get started. The Department of Justice, or DOJ, Inspector General, released a report in July 2021 detailing how, in a three-year internal review of the FBI, FBI officials gave misleading and false answers when confronted about failures to stop Larry Nasser when his sex crimes were reported. The FBI failed to report these allegations to local law enforcement. They failed to follow up with witnesses. Seventy women and girls were abused by Nasser between the time the allegations were first reported in 2015 and when Michigan officials arrested Nasser in 2016 due to their own investigation, 
not having been informed of the FBI's information. Jay Abbott, a top official of the FBI in Indianapolis, was leading this investigation, but was also contacting Steve Penny, president of USA Gymnastics, or USAG, about a job with the Olympic Committee. When the FBI confronted Abbott, he claimed that he had not applied for a job, which was a lie. Abbott retired from the FBI in 2018, and he has not been prosecuted for either slow-walking the Nasser investigation or lying about his actions regarding the job with the Olympic Committee. Let's look at this from a different perspective for a minute. The FBI is the same federal agency that went after Tanya Harding, an Olympic figure skater, for hindering prosecution, basically lying to the FBI, which is exactly what Abbott did. Harding finally accepted a plea deal to plead guilty to this crime. What was Harding's crime exactly? Harding found out about the attack her ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, had planned and had another man execute for him. She found this out after the attack had occurred. The FBI still went after her for lying to the FBI after the attack and forced her to accept a plea deal or face more serious charges in court. So let's contrast these two situations. Harding, a female Olympic figure skater, gets a felony conviction and a lifetime ban from the U.S. Figure Skating Association for lying to the FBI, when Harding telling the truth would not have changed the outcome of the single attack. Abbott, a male high-ranking FBI official, gets no prosecution for lying to multiple parties, including the FBI, and for allowing 70 more girls and women to be assaulted by Nasser because of his slow-walking of the case. Steve Penny, at that time president of USAG, did a lot more than try to get FBI agent Jay Abbott a job, which he conceivably did in order to continue to slow the investigation into Nasser. He is accused and is awaiting trial in Texas for multiple charges, for waiting five weeks in 2015 before notifying the FBI of sexual abuse allegations against Nasser filed with the USAG, and for destroying records at the Crowley Ranch in Huntsville, Texas and at the USAG's headquarters in Indianapolis. The indictment against Penny alleges specifically that Penny intentionally destroyed these records on or near the date of November 11, 2016. The exactness of their allegations suggests that they know exactly what happened to those records and who destroyed them. Penny's trial has been pushed to 2022 due to COVID, and Penny is currently on $20,000 bond and is not in jail while awaiting trial. If convicted of tampering with evidence, Penny faces two to ten years in prison. Steve Penny was forced to resign from the USAG in 2017, but was given a $1 million severance package. He was placed on USAG's banned list in 2018. Rachel Den Hollander is an attorney, author, advocate, and educator. Rachel was the first woman in 2016 to pursue criminal charges and speak publicly, bravely using her real name and appearing in person to interview with the media and push for prosecution of Nasser. Den Hollander was abused by Nasser at the age of 15 while participating in club level gymnastics located at Michigan State University. Because Rachel spoke up publicly, All of these cover-ups by these organizations came to light, and other victims were encouraged to come forward. 
Remember, over 300 girls and women have come forward to tell the public that Nasser abused them. There may be even more victims. Rachel's legal and advocacy work was instrumental in securing a record-setting $500 million settlement with Michigan State University for Nasser survivors in 2018 and a $380 million settlement with USA Gymnastics in 2021. Den Hollander has also written two books, What is a Girl Worth? and a children's book, How Much is a Little Girl Worth? Both available at booksellers big and small. Rachel continues to work hard to push for changes. While Rachel has advocated for policy changes and regulations, a point she continues to push is that even with all of the correct policies, safeguards, and regulations in place, those are all just rules. Without good people to follow them, they don't mean the prevention or stopping of sexual abuse. Den Hollander was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World and one of Glamour Magazine's Women of the Year, both in 2018. She was also one of the recipients of ESPN's Arthur Ashe Courage Award. At both of Nasser's sentencing hearings, Rachel was one of the many victims who testified with impact statements to the court. While asking both judges to impose the maximum sentence on Nasser, Den Hollander said, quote, How much is a little girl worth? During an interview with The Guardian in 2019, Rachel gave the following updates on these issues. The USAG has not publicly admitted any wrongdoing in their handling of Nasser's employment or allegations that came to the organization regarding Nasser from multiple sources. A direct quote from Rachel from this interview is that the most important thing our society can do regarding victims' need for justice is, quote, to communicate that it matters, because that's what changes the culture around you. That's what communicates to predators that they will not be harbored and they won't be safe. That's what communicates to the people who would mishandle or cover up allegations of abuse, that there will be consequences if they don't report it properly. End quote. In that interview, Rachel also talks about people feeling emotionally like they have done something, simply by feeling that abuse is bad. But they haven't actually done anything. Those who are in authority are intentionally not educating themselves. And finally, that chosen ignorance is the greatest form of cowardice. Make no mistake, Den Hollander's decision to speak out, at first and continuing until the present day, and her advocacy work, have made her life and her loved ones' lives very difficult. One of the bright spots, she says, is meeting survivors of abuse, who have said things like, I thought everybody forgot about us. I think that in our society, there's an overwhelming push to ignore uncomfortable topics, conversations, even people. Accusing someone of sexual abuse leads to isolation and ostracism for the victims. Victims lose friends, family support, their sports community, their religious community. People turn their backs for many reasons, even when those people consider themselves good people who don't stand for abuse. Victims need to know that someone is fighting for them. Rachel Den Hollander is one of those people. Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, 
Maggie Nichols, and Allie Reisman are the four gymnasts who testified before Congress in September of 2021. Each elite athlete testified about lies, delays, and other misconduct. Allie Reisman, for example, waited 14 months to speak to the FBI after her first contact to report allegations of sexual abuse, despite Allie's repeated attempts to contact the FBI and request the interview. Michaela Maroney reported reported in 2015, and the FBI waited until 2017 to write the formal summary. In it, the FBI agent included false information, according to the Inspector General's investigation and report. The FBI agent who falsified Michaela's report, Michael Langman, who worked under Jay Abbott at the time, was fired right before the Senate hearings in 2021. A move that Attorney John Manley, who who represents many of Nasser's victims, called cynical. I tend to agree. Langman has also not been charged for falsifying information given to the FBI. I think my recommendations will be similar to what they have been throughout many of my episodes. We need to look out for those around us and speak up when they are being mistreated. This applies to people being discriminated against for people being excluded for no good reason, for people who are being abused. When you hear an allegation of abuse, take it seriously. This is especially important for those people and organizations in society who are mandated reporters of abuse and neglect, and for organizations that are supposed to strongly investigate allegations of abuse and protect current and future victims, like the FBI. In Nasser's case, we can clearly see how multiple FBI agents' criminal behavior allowed hundreds of other girls and women to be abused. People have to choose to do the right thing or get out of those jobs. And others who witness this behavior need to step forward and place the victims first. Allie Reisman, six-time Olympic medalist, said it best at that Senate congressional hearing, quote, All we needed was one adult to do the right thing. Thanks for listening to Determine Our Future. See my transcript for all of the research I used in the making of this episode. Music credits are as follows. Gravitational Waves, Departures, Sea Change, Recreation, Urban Blues, Black Snow, Forgotten Land, and Nightwalk are all by Airtone. Aether Theories is by Vidian. And Isolation Swing is by Admiral Bob. See the full credits in the transcripts of each episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on your app so new eps are always available to you whenever you are ready to listen. Talk to you again next week.